Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast, where we discuss all things thought work and manifestation, but we use neuroscience and the study of the brain to do so. I'm your host, Tessa Spizak. I'm a board-certified practitioner, master life and health coach, and seasoned executive speaker. If you're ready to create your highest value lifestyle and turn your dream life into a reality, you're in the right place. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello, hello, friends. I hope you're feeling amazing, and thank you for joining in this week. For those of you that may be listening for the first time, welcome in. As always, I want to start by thanking you for spending your time with me here today, however and wherever you're listening in from. On today's session of Lifestyle Development Coaching here on the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast, we're diving into a huge factor within the human experience, and it's something that I spend a lot of time coaching on, and it's what everything centers around, confidence, self-confidence to be exact, how we feel as we're showing up in this world. Confidence is the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. It's a firm trust. So self-confidence is the feeling or belief that one can rely on and fully trust themselves. So I want to make that distinction. We're not talking about arrogance here. This is not inflating the ego. This is creating a solid and strong belief in yourself. And I do get asked about this a lot, not just in coaching sessions or as a topic for a corporate session, but I really do kind of get asked a lot about how I was able to feel confident doing those things, you know, speaking in public or coaching or just putting myself out there to do it. And trust me, that's not something that just came naturally. It's definitely something that I had to build and work at and then break down and work at again. It's a process. And honestly, we really should be teaching more people how to tap into their self-confidence, maybe take off some of the layers so that they're not limited by some belief that has been created or their worries. You know, again, what we always talked about being blocked from creating the life that they want and deserve. And there's so many different places and different ways this can show up or different things it can stem from. I mean, for some examples, for some, developing self-confidence issues or having that low self-confidence may stem from how they grew up. Maybe you grew up in a house that your parents or caregivers said things along the lines of, you're not smart. I mean, you're stupid or you're ugly, or maybe no one will love you if you act the way you do. Or maybe it wasn't that. Maybe you had situations where a lot of times you were really excited about something or curious about something. Maybe you were told by the people around you that it was pointless or dumb or just you know, waved you off, maybe told you to stop. Or for some, maybe you had a rough time in school. For whatever reason, the target of bullying, people maybe called you names, or maybe it was even an older teacher who didn't believe in you, maybe even told you that you'd never amount to anything. Or for some, maybe you just never really had a good example of a confident person to look up to. 
maybe in your house or some cultures and societies, there's really big groups of people that are told to keep quiet and their opinions mean nothing. Or again, maybe it's not even something you can put your finger on. Maybe it was just the culmination of things in life have shaken you and something feels off. Lack of self-confidence doesn't have to come from a traumatic event or something really monumental. And it definitely doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean that self-confidence issue or rather lack of self-confidence has anything to do with you. Sometimes it's just the way life is, the way it unfolds. But working on our self-confidence and working towards increasing our confidence is one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves. Try thinking of it this way. I'm a very visual person and I do use this visual quite a bit, so you may hear it again. But I like to think about it. Our confidence and our confidence in ourself is like the foundation for who you are as a whole. And you can think about it like a literal foundation for a house, a house that you're building. It doesn't matter how good all of the building materials are. You may even have the number one in the world, top tier builders. But if you don't have a solid foundation under that home, the tiniest instance can make it start to crack. And after it cracks, it eventually can all fall down. You need your foundation of the home to be able to withstand normal weather, you know, like the rain and the wind, but also the big stuff for that real protection. And this is life. Just like the weather, it can be really unpredictable and feel like it's working really hard to knock us down sometimes. But that is what we are doing today. We're talking through all of the actionable steps that you can take to secure that foundation within your life. These steps will really improve and strengthen your own self-confidence. And this is exactly what I did to, I would say, become a pretty self-confident person. And it is something that we all need to do and reflect on from time to time. I mean, whether you're currently not feeling that confident in some areas of your life, maybe you've really never felt too confident, or maybe you're on the total other side of the spectrum. Maybe you just want to stay really firm in your confidence. Well, then I got you. Because working on your self-confidence improves the harmony with you and your own being. It allows for that homeostasis within your nervous system. That's what I talk about all the time. And it allows for your body and your brain to function the way it's meant to outside of that fight, flight, or freeze response. So let's get into it. Creating unwavering self-confidence to intentionally create the reality that you desire. First and foremost, this is the number one thing. We must be fully aware that self-confidence stems directly from self-love. I can pretty much guarantee that if your self-love is lacking, so is your self-confidence. Really think about this. I can't imagine someone who has constant negative thoughts and negative talk thinking things like, oh, of course you're going to get this wrong, or you aren't good enough, or you don't look good enough, or you're not smart enough, something like that. Do you really think they're going to show up and rock whatever that interaction is? I really can't see how. And same thing, 
On the other side, if someone's thinking, man, you know, I have prepared, I have done everything I can, I am showing up as myself, I'm ready to go, I have interesting information, or I'm worthy of being listened to. Same thing, if that's their internal monologue, if that's how they talk to themselves, I can't imagine how they're not going to feel confident in whatever the situation is. So that is the very first step. And just a side note here, it's usually the first step in a lot of processes or anything you want to change when it comes to personal development. It's becoming aware, being mindful of how you talk to you. Now, I posed this question on social media and I got a pretty big response. So I want to ask it here too. I want you to think about this really deeply. Would you be friends with you? Seriously, man, I know how hard we can be on ourselves. We say things to ourselves and in our heads that we would never say to anyone else or even out loud for that matter. So I'm currently reading Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk. He is so, so smart when it comes to this. If you don't know, Jay Shetty is an incredible mind. He's His face is actually on my vision board because I'm working to manifest one day being invited to his podcast. Ah, I just love him. But anyway, that's beside the point. In his book, he basically is writing about the three years he lived as a monk in an ashram in India. He learned so much there about the power of our thoughts. And years later, he did this experiment that stemmed back from those teachings. And this isn't in the book, but I had watched it. And oh my gosh, you guys, I just, I cried big old tears. The works. What he did is he took these this group of women. They're all in their 20s or so. And he's talking to them and he asked them, you know, what is confidence to you? And then he had them write down a list of some of the things that they say to themselves when they aren't feeling confident. Where do some of their confidence issues stand from? And they wrote down some of the things that we, you know, listed before. Things like, you aren't good enough. You're the ugly one. You aren't where you should be or you're not doing enough. You're boring or uninteresting. And then he asked them to read the list aloud. And clearly that was really hard to do. Nearly all of them said something along the lines of how shocking it was to actually hear it. One of the women said, and I'm not exactly quoting, but she basically said, you know, it starts to feel normal or comfortable, maybe more commonplace to think these thoughts silently just to have them in your head. But when you say them out loud, it really starts to feel more real. Then there was a real challenge. They thought this was it. But he actually surprised them, and he brought out their younger sisters. I'm sure you can guess where this is going. He asked each of the women to read that list to their little sisters, but read it as if it was about her. Tell her those things that you tell yourself. As you can guess, literally every single one said that they physically could not or just outright refused, would not. Just, I want to stop there. Isn't that wild within itself? That we can feel so comfortable talking that way to ourselves, but just the thought of saying it to someone else, especially someone that you love, is unimaginable. So next what he did, you know, because clearly they didn't read the list, 
he had, oh, and this is where the real waterworks came. He had their little sisters read lists that they had written about the sister, about the one who had said all the negative things about themselves. And everything was, you inspire me. I look up to you. I want to be just like you. You're so smart or you're so beautiful. And oh my gosh, everyone was crying. You can see such a dramatic difference in how we typically see ourselves or speak to ourselves and how others see us or would speak about us. So that's my first step of the five, realizing that self-confidence stems from that self-love and really taking some time to evaluate how you talk to yourself. And next, we need to use cognitive reframing to change that, to change the way you talk to yourself. Now, I'm going to give you a really easy example of what that is. I want you to think about how you would talk to a friend, someone who made a massive mistake. Would you talk down to them and tell them that, well, yeah, it was their fault and they should have expected it? I mean, oh my gosh, could you imagine if you said to a friend, just saying to a friend, well, of course that happened. You know, of course they didn't like you. Your ideas are pretty stupid. And I mean, it kind of looking ugly lately and... Honestly, you probably just embarrassed yourself. You should just quit and definitely not do that again. Or do you say to someone that you love, okay, I get it. That was definitely a learning experience. It sucks, but now you know what to do next time. You'll be okay. You're smart and you're wonderful and you're deserving and it'll happen for you eventually. Here's another example. Imagine you had met someone new a new friend, maybe a new romantic interest, but something. And you really like this person. You feel like you're hitting it off. And then suddenly they just ghost you, like no contact, nothing. And you don't know, they're just gone. So you call a friend and confide in them. You want to talk about it. You're like, man, I don't know what just happened. I really thought we were hitting it off just fine. I'm not sure what led to it, but they just don't want to talk to me anymore. How far would your jaw drop on the floor if your friend said something, you know, someone who loved you said something like the things that could go through your head when something like that happens? What if your friend said to you those thoughts of, well, you're pretty annoying. Maybe you just annoyed them. Were you too weird or clingy? I bet a lot of people think you're weird. Or maybe you have that dumb laugh and they just couldn't take it. I wonder if the people that are in your life are your real friend anyway. Oh, that feels weird to even say out loud. That would be crazy. So this brings me to my next point, or it's actually two points, and they really go together well. It's my third point of you have to treat yourself with unconditional love, but number four, keep strong boundaries. And I think those two, again, go really hand in hand because to have unconditional love for yourself, you have to have boundaries. So I'll get to that in a second. So just like we talked about in the cognitive reframing of how you talk to a friend versus how you talk to yourself, you get to love you even when you make mistakes. It is unconditional. You get to at least give yourself bare minimum is love, support, kindness, respect, regardless of any other thing that's happening, any other condition. You have to show up for you in the best way that you could show up for someone else, someone that you love. 
you can't start or begin to justify not looking out for you. I promise this will really increase your chance of lessening your self-confidence. Because think about it, if every time something happened that, you know, maybe shook you a little bit, made you feel not that confident, you just decided to go home, you know, skip the things you needed to do, wallow, eat a pint of ice cream, ignore your friends, hide in bed, skip your workout, right? That makes that fall so much harder. Our subconscious is always trying to meet our needs. So when we refuse to meet our own needs, it's our confidence that takes the hit. So if something really shakes your confidence, but you go through the conversation, you think through what happened, you speak to yourself kindly, and you keep on living, and you keep being, and you keep giving to you, your brain learns that it isn't so scary to potentially mess up. Potentially do something that's wrong or fail or maybe even have people flat out not like you. It becomes a lot less debilitating because you know and your brain understands that you're going to be okay. But this is where the effective boundaries, point four, really comes into play. Because you have to set effective boundaries for both yourself and the people around you. Our subconscious brain is quite literally programmed through repetition and emotion, meaning whenever we're exposed to something that can elicit an emotional response, right? You have some emotion, good or bad about it. It's going to affect our psyche and our mental state. And the more you do it, the more it ingrains. So setting effective boundaries for you and other people proves to you that you matter your needs matter, you are worthy, and that you deserve to show up. Take up space. Use your time. The more you protect yourself and give yourself that safety and support through those boundaries, you're letting your subconscious mind know that it has the ability to be safe when you feel confident enough to show up as you are. Lastly, most importantly, You've heard it before, but stay with me here. Point number five is you have got to quit comparing yourself to anyone but you. I don't know how else to say this. People are like freaking onions, man. We have no idea what has shaped people, what has caused them to be the way they are, what their needs are, what their personality needs are. None of it. Think of it this way. This is a really surface layer, but so important just in the way we compare ourselves. Say you are really focused on your business or creating something. That's where your time and effort is going into. You can't compare yourself to someone whose needs may be currently around their friendship or their community needs. And if these two people compare themselves to each other, neither one is winning. Here's one thinking, man, I wish I was that far along in my business. This person must be smarter than me. I must not be that determined. They have more drive than me. And maybe the other one is at the same time thinking, they are so friendly. I don't have that many friends. I must be so boring or people don't like me that much. What am I doing wrong? When in reality, and you peel back the layers Maybe the one person is so focused on their business or their project because they grew up in financial hardship. They had to grow and live and endure all of that. 
Maybe they've gone hungry or they've been surrounded by it. Now, on the other end, the person who's so focused on building and maintaining friendships, maybe they're learning about relationships because they lived in an abusive household or had painful relationships. Both people, all they're doing is meeting their own needs. The one is meeting their need for security, for stability, while the other is maybe meeting their need for community and love. It doesn't mean that one is better than the other, that one is more friendly or that one is more driven. The one healing their financial traumas didn't have to go through trials or hardships in the way that the other did. In the same way that maybe this person who had really poor relationships has never financially struggled. So their reality is different. I can be, oh, I have a personal one here. I know when I first moved here to Austin, I was working on finding my tribe, finding my girls, right? I really believe in, you know, another part of self-confidence is being around people who lift you up. And I found this girl, this woman, and she was so stellar. Oh my gosh, I was blown away. She was so young and so motivated. And I could not believe the things that she was telling me she had done at such a young age. This girl was not even 21 years old yet. Couldn't even celebrate with a glass of champagne when she hosted cruises for women. Retreats. She has done so much and so many things that I just would love to do. And I see in my future one day, but wow, she had already done it all. And I felt so just ecstatic around her. I mean, I talked about it in my last episode, in our last session, that some people, they're The way they are around you is either really charging you, filling up your battery, or it's draining it. And at first, I really felt like, man, this was an energy-giving person. But after my high wore off, that high of, wow, I'm really excited and feeling creative and inspired, I started to feel a little less confident. And it doesn't make sense so much as to why, because she had so many nice things to say about me. And the way I felt about her, she acted and felt the same way as I wanted to go through all the lists of things that she was doing that inspired me. She was doing the same. But for some reason, I didn't feel confident at first. It almost felt disingenuous. But the more we talked and the more I learned about her and what she had to overcome, Wow. Let me tell you if the feelings of blessing and privilege and wow, almost even ease, if I'm being honest, just rushed over me. And the truth of the matter was there are so many lessons that I did not get to learn that she was forced to learn. And it's all about perspective. And that's why she felt so blown away by me. It wasn't actually disingenuous. But just like what I saw in her, the things that I'm like, gosh, how, how could you even do that? She saw things in me that felt easy to me because of how I've been shaped by my life. Certain things that I did without thinking that she worked really hard for. It reminds me of that old cartoon image. I think we've all seen it. There's a bird, a monkey, an elephant, a fish, a walrus, and a penguin. And they're all in a line, and a man at a desk is in front of them. And he says to all the animals, 
For a fair selection, everyone has to take the same exam. Please go climb that tree. There's really no sense in assessing your value based off the value of someone else or the value that they have in that area of their life. It doesn't work that way. So the five steps to creating a rock-solid, unwavering confidence in yourself. First, understanding and realizing that self-confidence is directly correlated with your self-love. And we cannot have confidence in ourself without giving love to ourself. Next, we have to use cognitive reframing for how we talk to ourselves. Recognizing when a thought is not productive or helpful, especially when it's painful, downing ourselves. We have to redirect it on purpose, intentionally creating a new thought. A thought that is something that you would say to a loved one in the same situation. Because you, my friend, have to be your own loved one. Third, it's treating ourselves with unconditional love. You have to allow yourself to be kind and respectful to you regardless of what else is happening, unconditionally. And you do this through number four, strong boundaries, both for the way you treat you and those around you treat you. And lastly, there is absolutely no way to make a fair comparison between you and someone else. There is simply too many factors to take into account, so it will never be accurate. I appreciate you spending your time, and I would like to thank Daily Harvest for partnering with me today. Daily Harvest makes it easy to be kind to you by giving you more fruits and vegetables through the day by offering 80 uniquely nourishing chef-crafted options or any time of day. The plans are just based off the number of items you want. It can be anywhere between nine or even in the 20s, how often you want them delivered. And you can even modify your items, that delivery schedule, and plan with whatever preference you want. Like if you need to be gluten-free, dairy-free, or plant-based. And specifically for my listeners, I've got you hooked up, up to $40 off your first order with the code COACHTESSA. Again, I want to thank you all for being here. As always, for more, you can head to my website at www.purposefullifestyledevelopment.com. There you can see my current coaching bundles and offers, but if you don't see something that you need or just need to reach out to me, you can message me directly at info at purposefullifestyledevelopment.com. I'm on socials at the handle Coach Tessa or Coach Tessa PLD to follow along with some more free coaching tips. But all right, my loves, that's where I'll leave us today. I want to thank you so much for joining in on this conversation with me. And each week, every Monday, we're going to be posting a new episode going a little bit deeper into the conversation of what you can do to train your brain on purpose to really allow for the lifestyle that you want to live. Until next time, my loves, in the meantime, here's to your health and your happiness.